the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. talking money investing more thanks for tuning in yet again another day another dollar right what do you want to talk about today because i guess you could say the doctor is in so to speak without getting too cliche i'm ready to talk i'm ready to fire it up see what's going on on wall street and uh go from there talk about some big picture concepts we talk about some small picture concepts um Whatever is ultimately on your mind. You know, one of the mistakes that we make, in my opinion, is we get a little bit too focused on the right here, right now kind of thing. And uh, that can make you an awful investor. Focusing too much on the the, the day-to-day. Wow. I, I can tell you, anytime I do a seminar, I meet, I'm not going to call it crazy people. But I meet people, and I'm just I'm I'm entranced by what they find important. So, and how people like will make crazy jumps, right? So one lady I met, and I met ladies, I met men, I met. I'm not just saying anything negative about one type of person, but she had some property like in the middle of Central California, nowhere, and she, it's kind of her bet. That that's gonna be her retirement, and I said, you know, I, I don't know. I've never been to the city that you're talking about, and you know, maybe they've got a college coming in. But typically, when you have a piece of land that costs maybe fifty thousand dollars, let's just say that's not super high quality at this point. And for it to become super high quality, would if Amazon puts a campus there, sure. But Amazon's probably not gonna put a campus in the middle of the desert. May. But her bet was if I wait long enough, it'll climb. It'll be my plan. And that's a little bit upsetting to me. And she, because what she basically was doing in my mind, and this is the psychology of it, she was looking around seeing Palo Alto, looking around seeing Burlingame, looking around seeing San Carlos and 
Mountain View. And I think in her head, she was thinking, this, it's all of California. Every city in California, all land will eventually go higher. <clears throat> That's a little bit of a mistake. If you have enough knowledge and you don't make enough mistakes, don't make too many mistakes and you have enough knowledge, you'll become a millionaire, in my opinion. One out of six retirees in America is a millionaire. Handling finances for retirement can be difficult. So one out of six people right now is a millionaire. Now, you, you start by going, ooh, one out of six retirees right now in the United States is a millionaire. But think about this. My mom's health care costs now are easily 100000 a year. It's maybe 90000 <clears throat> Million doesn't last that long, right? When you don't have a job. So that's eight years, nine years, until you run out of money. Just on the expense, without food, without vacations, without entertainment. So one out of six retired Americans are a millionaire. Average wealth for American retirees right now is $752,000, which has more than doubled since 1989. So let's think about that for a little bit. That's about 30 years, right? Median wealth for retirees is just over 200000 People are living longer and costs are increasing. So you start seeing 200000 and let's say you wreck a car. Let's say you need a roof. You can kind of see that we don't save enough as a society. So if you want to become a millionaire, you need to save. One of the most common, common, common financial mistakes is not saving, believe it or not. Don't you wish you would have started maxing out your 401k in your 20s? Don't you wish you would have put $100 in? And that would be worth six, seven hundred, eight hundred dollars $800 a day, depending on how old you are when you started. A lot of people who invest, and I was surprised, uh, speaking at an event at Visa, I was surprised at how many people don't invest in stocks. So they get the money taken out of their, their paycheck, and they just put it in cash in a money market fund. I'm like, whoa. As my friend Donald would say, whoa. So, believe it or not, one of the biggest mistakes people make is when they do invest, they invest in cash, and sometimes when they don't invest at all. You could fix those two mistakes, right? Then the next thing is a lot of people try to put on big bets. I think this little mining company has... Uh, dragon dragonite in it. It's a special metal that you can use to to build rocket ships that go to the moon. And, but no one's ever seen it. People speculate on crazy ideas that would make no sense if it was in a movie and a book. You'd be like, "Don't do the deal, lady. Don't do the deal." And people will do the deal. People try to beat the markets. Um, this guy showed up at the seminar last night, and I was almost sad for him because he had. 10 stocks that he wanted me to see. And these were just random stocks. Just random stocks. Um, and and as, sometimes when I look at that, I'm like, okay, let me try to figure out what that means to me. Like, what is he trying to accomplish? And it was just random. Literally, sometimes like $28 of one stock and $106 of another. You're like, what is he trying to accomplish? Um, a lot of people I see don't have a plan. They don't have, you know, they're just trying to be crazy almost. You need to build an emergency savings fund if you want to become a millionaire. 
the trick on being a millionaire is letting your investments stay invested, letting your cash stay as emergency cash so it's there when you need it so you don't have to dip into those investments. Take advantage of tax advantage accounts. Super important. Super important. If you're not paying 25 28% to the federal government and you're putting that money into your 401k, your 403b, or your 457, that's a great thing, not paying federal tax. Now, you also could take a look at it in another way of like a Roth where you've already paid the federal government and you want to set up an investment account, you could set up a Roth. That's not a bad idea. And uh, not pay taxes when in, when later in life. So the not paying taxes is, is big, because you know, just to give you the example of of California once again. You know, a million dollars when you retire in, in California isn't a lot of money. Let's say your your state tax comes out to seven percent or six percent. Suddenly, a million dollars is six percent less than that. Sales tax at ten percent. Suddenly, a million dollars is really only nine hundred thousand. So. That's one of the biggest issues I see. Uh, if an employee, if an employer is willing to give you free money in a four hundred one k, take it. So it's called uh, hitting the match. Even if if you don't save anything, I'm not going to get mad at you, but I will get mad at you if if your boss says if you put in three thousand dollars, three percent of a hundred thousand of your salary, we'll give you an extra three thousand dollars. It's like woo, you just got a, a raise. Not only did you not pay taxes on that that you invested, but you also you get the idea, right? One of the best things you could do, and uh, I like automating everything. Not, I like automating it, but checking it. You know that that time you get that. I need this meditation app, and I'm going to get this 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 uh, this twelve twelve month uh, subscription to it. You need to check that kind of stuff. So automate your savings, but not to the point that you don't ever keep track of them. Anyway, I'm Rob Black. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Black and your money on AM twelve twenty KDOW. Financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money. I'm on 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black. Talking money, investing more. A little loud. I'm gonna adjust my speakers, my earphones, headphones, whatever they're called, right? Um, Bust the eardrums. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. One of my favorite people to pay attention to is Warren Buffett. He is the I'm not gonna say godfather of soul or the godfather of investing. I'm not gonna come up with dumb names like that. I'm gonna say that he's done a great job. He's one of the richest people in the world. He's done it as an investor, not as a basketball player, not as a sponsor or endorser, but as an investor. Uh, 
not as a guy whose daddy's found oil wells many, many years ago, but as an investor. Succession, capital deployment are two bigger questions people are, are going to have for, for Warren Buffett. Anytime he talks, anytime he gets together, anytime he sends out letters, he's old. And he's not going to be around forever. He's 87. <clears throat> His little investment buddy, who's an incredible kid of health, and I call him an investment buddy because he's, he's like a sidekick, a financial sidekick, this guy named Charlie Munger. And he's old. These guys have cataracts and stuff, you know? They're, they're, they're old. So what's the succession plan? And that's important. I think you should have that idea in your head with any company you're involved with. And I, I even consider a family. What's your succession plan? What, what happens if when someone leaves? Capital deployment. How are you going to spend your money? Warren Buffett likes businesses that make money. Those little dairy freezes that cost you know, two or three bucks to get a chocolate cone, softy cone, probably cost five, six, seven cents of, of material inside that. And that's it. And there's electricity and there's labor and stuff. He likes companies that pay him a lot of cash. Insurance. Every month you pay your insurance bill. And hopefully not every month are you going, oh, my house burned down. And the insurance company is like, I got to pay him a million dollars. Like, oh, I just paid my auto insurance. Oh, my car got into a car wreck. So usually he likes cash flow businesses, right? That, that, that people aren't making claims every day, but they are sending in their, pay, uh, their checks every month. So how about Wells Fargo? Wells Fargo is one of those banks that Warren Buffett has been involved in that he used to love. And he made a big ton of money in Wells Fargo, right? Uh, then Wells Fargo get into some legal issues. You know, they, they were good in the housing boom. You think since they service a lot of mortgages in a lot of, in a lot of communities, it, it makes sense, right? I own some Wells Fargo, so I'll pay attention to see what he says about Wells Fargo. Kraft Heinz, um, all big topics of like, why do you own Kraft Heinz? What's how's that working for you? Um, so we'll pay attention to that. <clears throat> if history is any guide right now, Warren Buffett will avoid reeling too much about who is going to replace him, even though it looms large. He's 87 years old. And if, you know, what Steve Jobs is to electronic phones, Warren Buffett is to invest in. He always has something to t say about the stock market, and he'll throw in some zingers or some ideas about Apple, which is a stock he owns and I own, Amazon, Alphabet, Microsoft, Facebook. As one Berkshire watcher once said, you know, his force of personality and leadership, it's evolved over time. And I think he's actually, when the stock market's down, he kind of giggles. And I like that. So he's, I think, the greatest investor of all time. And uh, anytime he gets his little gathering together of people, it's worth paying attention to, in my opinion. 800-516-1220 to each calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. Do you know what a preferred stock is? A preferred stock is somewhere in between a stock and a bond. Companies can issue bonds. You know that, right? What's a bond? Bond's an IOU. 
So a preferred stock is a stock that acts a little bit like a stock and acts a little bit like a bond. So if the stock goes up a lot, you don't get that upside. But if a stock goes down a lot, you don't get the downside because you only it only acts a little bit like. Preferred stock is a class of ownership. So if the company fails, for instance, you always hear things like, oh, the banks get their money first. If there's a big lawsuit, oh, the mortgages will be paid off first. So preferred stock is a class of ownership. They generally have a nice dividend that must pay out before dividends to common shareholders. So if Apple had a preferred stock or Microsoft had a preferred stock, um, and their regular stock pays a 1% dividend yield, maybe the preferred would be around 2 Companies in distress will suspend their dividend. But the preferred stock could be a way to go for you to stay kind of in that stock market and not in the debt market, the bond market. And, uh, you know, you can get 5 or 6% yields in pretty good companies. They're junk, but... They're distressed. They're not failing, though. KKR has a preferred, for instance. Um, it offers an ownership stake to the shareholders, but it has the priority of the company has to be liquidated. Preferred comes in a lot of forms and is generally callable after five or ten years. So if there is a bankruptcy, you'll hear, oh, that stock's going to zero. The common stock goes to zero for sure. And then they look at the preferred and go, okay, do we have any assets left over? No assets. The preferred stocks go to zero. And then the bondholders are like, hey, hey, you were, we, we loaned you the money. You didn't even give us you know, company share. And if there's still no money left, the bondholders get wiped out. So it's kind of where you are in the, um, what's the word, pecking order. So a lot of companies have nice preferreds. Like Morgan Stanley's got a nice preferred stock and J.P. Morgan Chase where you can get five, four and a half, five percent uh, on a dividend yield, which is, again, part of an income strategy. In retirement, are you just going to live on Social Security? That's my income. I'm just going to go cash that check and try not to go dip into the stock market. No, 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 no. You need some of your retirement assets working for you, too. So I'm Rob Black. I love you. Um, it's always good to chat. We're talking preferred stocks right now and kind of going over what those are all about. Again, U.S. preferred investors can get an after-tax boost because a lot of the issues pay qualified dividends uh, to the 15 to 20% rate, much less than the personal tax that you pay, so the, the dividends on the investment preferred share uh, has a nice income stream versus your Social Security, which is going to be taxed at your you know, taxable income rate. I don't know if taxes are the most fun thing to talk about. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Your comments and questions are always welcome. 
Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing in more. Thanks for listening. I'm surprised at how many people have children. <laughs> no, I'm surprised at how many people have never talked to your children about money and investing. We live in a cashless society. I remember as a kid, wasn't cash like awesome? And again, I don't want to geek out on you or anything, but didn't the $1 and the $5 bill, didn't you spend some time staring at them? I remember there was one time in college where I might have had my wisdom teeth taken out, so I might have been medicated. I remember staring at a quarter and going, that George Washington's a good-looking guy. Oh, my God, no Is way. that Tom Jefferson? I can't tell them apart. They look just the same to me. I like I, – I, Jefferson's a good-looking guy, too. So money has a certain appeal, right? And we've taken that away from our children. So I still think you need to have that money talk. I'm not talking about the <laughs> talk. I'm talking about the money talk. And as your kids become older, have more money talks. Figure out what works for you. I can give you some ideas. But you can start talking to kids as early as two or three about money. You can use simple concepts like everything costs money. Food costs money. A lot of restaurants... Oddly enough, don't put the price on the menu so that like you're more inclined to like not see it, or they'll put the the price of the fifteen dollar burger hidden until like not hidden but tough to find, tough to access. But you can start talking to kids about two or three about food costs money and clothing costs money. Um, Offer them new toys at a few at a time rather than giving them an abundance of new toys. Kids don't appreciate it. I remember uh, I bought a, a home, a second home, and the kid goes in and he, he sees a, a box and he slides down the, the stairs on a box. I'm like, well, I guess I don't have to buy a sled, right? So don't overwhelm your kids in preschool, but start, you know, hey, your birthday. Like, I remember someone who had their three-year-old gets to invite three friends to their birthday party. The four-year-old gets to invite four friends to their birthday party. Don't don't go abundance with them and have 40 friends. You're doing it for you, not for them. So in the elementary school years, give allowances. You gotta I, I still think you gotta run down to the bank and get, you know, cash money, cold cash money. And you gotta line it up and say on Fridays I'm gonna, you know, pay you five dollars. But you're going to water the yard or pet the doggy or uh, you're going to do something to earn that. So later on, when you want something like this summer, you may want a mountain bike. And let's face it, dads, moms, mountain bikes would be like $300, $400. And they're only going to be able to save like 60 But you could say, that's good. You did a good job. But around age six or seven, you start getting a little bit more savvy with them. You know, if you're at a toy store, try to give them a price range. I know in 10 years from now, people are going to say, what's a toy store? But I kind of think Target's going to become Toys R Us. I don't know. Seems like there's an opening there for replacement, right? But that's one thing you could do is, like, say, you know, you could buy a video game, but it has to be used. 
because that's $30 cheaper. So start giving them concepts if you can. And again, I don't want to be your daddy and your mommy's or your baby's daddy. I don't want to be the baby's financial educator daddy. That's not me. At age 12 or 13, you want to make sure that your family's money is the results of your hard work. And you want to start showing your kid what hard work does. Dad's going to work. Mom's going to work. So you're now starting to say, like, you're going to need a career at one point. But you're not telling them that you're going to need a career at one point. So the money is kind of a result of hard work. And, like, if you give your kid 10 different summer camps... Let's say there's 10 weeks in summer. If you give them 10 different summer camps, let them be bored for a little bit because you're spoiling them. You're giving them too much. So smartphones have some great apps on them and some really good kid-friendly apps. Um, I like the saving app Acorns. Uh, I think that's a great way to do it. But again, kid, kid, kid-friendly, let me think about that one, one that doesn't have a bank account tied towards it, right? In high school years, I was so proud. In the recent prom season, I know you're saying, you're going to tell a prom story? No, yes, maybe. So in the recent prom season, i.e. not mine, I was watching the news because I work at a news station. And when when you're at the news station, you watch a lot of news because it's like right there, right? So these two teens in San Jose came up with an app where you can rent prom dresses. I don't know if they came up with the app, but they were using it. And I was just like, I think they came up with the app, but I don't know how it works. Like, I'm not going to pretend to tell you I downloaded the app and tried it because I don't need a prom dress in any way, shape, or form. But I was proud of that because I remember my generation, and then slowly after that, that My Sweet 16 on MTV, it just got obnoxious, and the Kardashians are obnoxious. Let's throw a birthday party for me at AT&T Park for me. That's obnoxious. Feed a village. If you care about the world, feed a village. Don't have a birthday party for me. But in high school, I remember um, I threw down, I want to say a good $1,000 on prom <laughs> from Tux. I want to say I got some jewelry, dinner, I don't know. But that's too much. And it, it gets ridiculous when you have MTV you know, throwing a, a party where ACDC plays for your, you and your 20 friends. And ACDC just got paid, you know, $5 million because daddy's a real estate developer. I'm not bitter that my dad's not a real estate developer, that my dad's dead, but okay, I'm a little bit better. So I'm a big fan of um, getting your kids a safe car, but a used car, um, and then having them pay for the insurance or something like that around this age. Have them pay for something. Have them clean it every, every month if you do the payments on it or whatever. Just have them do something. Every now and then, I because I work in TV, and one of the shows that I work, one of the shows on the stage that I work for is Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil McGall. Um, that is not appropriate behavior, okay? Dr. Phil had um, a guest on who the mommy likes. Mommy likes to spoil her teenage daughter. And uh, everyone's like appalled and aghast. College years is, is a really good time to, to talk money with your kids. And maybe some birds and bees. You probably should. I, I probably should have thrown the birds and bees back in the high school years, when you're you know buying a car for them and you're doing the payments, but they do the insurance or something. Maybe slip a birds and bees in there, or let's see. Maybe you go back to five. No, that's too early. 
elementary school too early. We want the kids to be kids still. But college, like you start looking at their debt and helping them. Um, I'm shocked, and I, I haven't been on a college campus in probably a couple of years, or I haven't noticed. Do you remember the mailroom in college? They had like ads for Visa cards and Mastercards and ads for fast cash. Sell your books for, and like it's not exactly the best place to be doing financial transactions. Uh, a men's dormitory on a college campus because there's not a lot of rational thinking going on at that age. There's some, but not a lot. There's some. So if you have a kid in college, help them. I think a secure credit card is the best thing in the world where basically you call capital one and you say, I'm Jim's dad and I'm going to give, I'm going to start a credit card for Jim and I'm going to put a thousand dollars into it. So Jim gets to practice, you know, using it and paying it off. And if he doesn't pay it off, it comes out of the, the security of the, the the cash guarantee of it being secured, right? It's a great thing to do. And I think as you, as your kids turn twenty twenty five, you know, start letting go of the financial education, unless you have something to show them. Mom's, you know, grandma's uh, hospital bills. Start having conversations about, oh yeah, your aunt, you remember her? She died, and like, um, my sister took the wedding ring off her fingers, and now we don't talk to uh, th- that side of the family anymore. So there you quickly learn like an estate plan or a trust. Like there's financial lessons to be learned in our families uh, from the beginning all and, and taught all the way to the end. Uh, I could tell you, you know, weird little things like um, as you get older, you know, stay in communication with other people. Um, because once you stop being social, it completely goes away. Now, is that a life lesson? Yeah, it kind of is. My father passed away over 20 years ago. And what's interesting to note about that is my mom kind of stopped living 20 years ago. She stopped talking to people because he was the person she talked to. So as you get older, you know, discuss things with your kids like, oh, here's the power of attorney. In case we, In case I die... I want you to, you know, as my son, to pay attention and, and help, you know, my wife through an old folks home. Here's the power of attorney in case she loses her mind and can't make decisions for herself. Here's the medical directive. Here's where the trust is. Here, you can contact Rob Black. He's got all that information. Or here is the key. To, I don't get safe deposit boxes. What kind of world do we live in that we have to have safe deposit boxes? Anyway, it's why I can't just rent a box. I don't know. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Investors World. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. 
talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Budgets are kind of a, I almost want to say a controversial word. Because if you say, hey, honey, you need to watch our budget, it's almost like a dreaded B word, right? It just doesn't work for a lot of people, budgeting. Americans from different backgrounds all have different opinions on, you know, what is a luxury item, what is not, what is decadent restaurant spending, what is not. Budgets fail because they're merely promises about how you will spend your money. So instead of a budget, um, start with some things, you know, early on, like automatic savings. Build it into your lifestyle. Start building into your lifestyle, funding your financial goals, a lot of people fight over budgets. I don't want you to fight, right? But I do want you to communicate. And if you can't talk about money, you certainly shouldn't have children. Because if you can't, because those are some big decisions. And if you can't talk about money and children, you, how are you going to talk about death one day? Buying a car versus leasing a car. You have to understand why leases are so cheap. Right, that's where I start. And again, I have no problem coming out with the cash flow positive best angle for you, but also I have no problem if, like, you're going to say, "I'm going to get a Toyota Tacoma truck." Those things will last two hundred fifty thousand miles if you take care of it. Economically speaking, cars consist of three parts: the part where you own it, kind of like your house, so you can see the equity. Then there's something called depreciation, which is the loss in value over time. So you could say, I own $500 of the car, but even that will depreciate over time, right? Will it depreciate to zero? Well, it kind of can. Because you'll get to the point where the car is not worth, you know, no one will even take it from you. And then there's also the interest expense on a car. So cars have a lot of like cash and money tied towards them. If you finance the purchase of a car, you pay for all three parts of that. And you want to pay for the equity, the depreciation, and the interest expense over four years or five years. Sadly, people are normally going with six, six and seven-year, uh, not mortgages, but car loans. So when the car loses residual value, that's what they're going to base the loan on for leasing. And that's why leases look so attractive to you, because you get no equity. You're only pay, you're only paying, paying for the depreciation and the interest. When you buy a car, you're paying for the equity as well. So there's that other third component. If I ever got a lease, you darn you darn well better make sure um, that you have gap insurance. Gap insurance is. At the end of the contract of a lease, it's the difference between the car's residual value um, at the end of the lease. Let's say it's worth fifteen thousand dollars, but you can only sell the car for ten thousand. So then you're upside down five thousand, and that's why you get that gap insurance. So I'm not a big fan of leasing, unless it's going to be if you have like a high school kid who's going to go very controlled amount of miles, um, very controlled. 
So I'm not, again, against it. Anytime I do a big road trip, you know, I'll go rent a car. I'd rather put the miles on a rental, per se. Car ownership's expensive, right? It's not the most expensive thing in our life. I think our house is, maybe our retirement plan. But it's up there. So um, I prefer to own and not lease. And again, I get it. You know, the temptation to get a car payment of a nice car of $150, $200, whatever it is for you. I get it. I focus a lot on mistakes here. And it's pretty crazy. Um, when it comes to investing, I, I when I do these live events, I really see real people. And the real people and some of the mistakes we make are pretty crazy. Some of the assumptions we make are pretty aggressive. Um, 529 plans, for instance, are wonderful products. There are vehicles that you could save money for your kid's college in. A lot of people don't take advantage of them. Now, here's the problem with 529 plans. You need to use the money for college-related expenses. And what if you only have one kid and your kid decides to be an artist? I still think it's worth having around, uh, in my opinion. So uh, you could use the... You could use the expenses later. And even if you don't, the tax-deferred growth that you got, even though you're going to pay taxes on it on the way back out because it didn't quite work out for you, um, at least you're saving. You know, it's One of the, one of the mistakes we, we make is we're, we're afraid of debt, even though with debt, if you pay it, you're typically you know, getting some equity out of it. You're, getting some, you're paying down some principal. Um, there's different components of different types of debt, right? So, but... It's not a bad thing to put yourself at financial not risk, but automatic situations where you're saving a little bit of money just automatically. Uh, later in life, you're going to look back and go, huh, that turned into a, a, a bigger sum than I thought. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW on the iHeartRadio app. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 